This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. We're going to talk about God's grace. And in the last couple of months, I've done kind of my own personal study of what God's grace looks like and, and how, uh, how to walk in it, what it, what it means in, in our everyday life. And this morning, I believe that you're going to be blown out of the water from what you may previously have been taught about God's grace. Okay? I believe that this morning, people are going to leave completely empowered. If you allow this message to penetrate into your heart, if you allow it to break the mindset of what you may previously have been taught, it is going to blow you away. You know what I actually feel? I actually feel like people are going to leave as warriors this morning. That's kind of the picture that I'm getting in my head, that you may have arrived as as like David the shepherd, but you're going to leave as David the king warrior. You guys are going to be elevated and empowered if you allow this message to sink into your heart this morning, okay? Now, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you said, God, I'm all in, when you had that moment of complete surrender and repentance to God, you were imparted grace. God gave his free gift of grace upon you that resulted in the forgiveness of sins, okay? That's the very first time that we see grace in our life, okay? Sadly, though, if I can be honest, for many Christians, not only is that where grace begins, but sometimes that's also where it reaches its peak. Okay, allow me to explain further. Grace is not simply the forgiveness of sins. Grace is so much more than that. Grace goes beyond that, okay? Grace continues to add to what was originally given. It's not simply the forgiveness of sins. There is more and more grace in our life, okay? God didn't just rescue us, and I'm eternally glad that he did. I love the fact that we were rescued, but that's not what grace is. Grace isn't a rescue mission, but it's an empowerment so that we can overcome our weaknesses, okay? That first portion of grace is simply the beginning of something so much bigger, okay? In a larger process in which we eventually get to walk, and God builds us up, God empowers us, God strengthens us in his ability through his grace, and until we eventually reach the fullness of the measure of Jesus Christ himself, okay? So, over the last couple of months, I, I kind of took a poll, okay? Um, and I polled a bunch of people, both in the church, outside of the church, and in my family and that kind of thing. I asked them, how do you define God's grace? How would you define God's grace? And I want to share the results that I got with you guys this morning. But, so this, this year, this morning, this is a youth service, right? So we're going we're gonna to do things a little differently. We're going to play a game. You guys okay with that? We're going to play a game. So you guys familiar with the game Family Feud? Yes. Oh, yeah, we're going to play some Family Feud this morning. So it's going to be a little different, though. I'm going to be your host. I'm also going to be uh, family number one and family number two. So you guys are just going to have to sit back and watch. So are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? All right, welcome to Family Feud 2017. This is Ignite version. Woo! All right, who's excited? (laughs) Here we go. So we have the Scott family over here. We have the Mortimer family over here. We flipped a coin backstage. Scott family is going to go first. Okay. We surveyed 100 people. Top four answers are going to be on the board. How would you define the grace of God? How would you define the grace of God? So let's go over to Scott, number one. Hello, Scooter. How you doing? Fantastic. How would you define the grace of God? We surveyed 100 people. Top four answers are on the board. How would you define the grace of God? Oh, man. Like the forgiveness of sins, for sure. The forgiveness of sins has got to be. Good answer. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Let's see, let's see. What do we have? What do we have? We have, bam, number one answer, the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. 
Thank you. Okay, moving on. Who do we have next? We have Scottina. Scottina, thank you for joining us. Scottina, welcome to the show. Uh, we surveyed 100 people. Top four answers are on the board. How would you define the grace of God? Um, you know, it's kind of like... Um, <laughs> Kind of like a free gift, right? Like, like it's like something that, like my daddy just gave me his car on Saturday night. So it's kind of like a free gift like that. Okay, that's alarming. Um, but uh, I guess we'll go with that. Sure, what do we got? We got a free gift. All right, yes. Cool, you guys are awesome. All right, moving on to Scottifer. Welcome to the show, Scottifer. Uh, so we surveyed 100 people. Top four answers are on the board. How would you define the grace of God? Dude, that's like... Uh, like God's, God's favor? Yeah, is it like God's favor? Yeah, yeah, good answer. Good answer. I think, I think that's okay. Is that okay? I think that's okay. All right, well, let's see what we got. We got God's favor. Yeah, okay. All right. Last contestant. Mortimer family is getting ready over there to steal the points. One strike. Here we go. How would you define the grace of God? Scott Alina, what would you say? <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> such a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, getting what we don't deserve. You know, like this morning I'm at the Starbucks and, you know, I got a vente instead of a grande, but I didn't go to the gym. <laughs> I didn't deserve to get that vente, but I did anyways. So, like, getting what you don't deserve? All right, you scare me. Uh, so, let's see how we did. What do we got? Getting what you don't deserve. Yes! Thank you very much for joining us on Family Feud. Until next time. Amazing. Okay. Thank you for humoring me. So this list, this list is amazing. This highlights some awesome things about God's grace. It shows so much about God's love, the fact that we don't have to work for it. We get God's grace as a free gift. It highlights our salvation, really, and I love it. However, I believe that there's an element missing here. I believe that there's an element of God's grace that's missing here. Grace may be different than what you've been previously taught. It was certainly different than what I grew up understanding of God's grace. Okay, so let's dive in a little bit. Are you guys okay if I do a little bit of teaching before I get to some preaching? Yeah, let's do it. So, in order to get a better understanding of this word of God's grace, we're going to look at the original Hebrew word, which is this word that we get is called charis. Okay, it's this word charis is where we get grace from. And it's defined as this. Goodwill, loving kindness, favor. Those are all things that we understand. But also this, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turning them to Christ, keeps them, strengthens them, increases them in their Christian faith, in their knowledge, in their affection, and kindles them, or I threw a little Ignite plug in there, kindles them to exercise of Christian virtues. It is the spiritual condition of one governed by the power of divine grace. It talks about our walk with God. Not just who we are, but our walk with God. Okay, check this out. This is from the Encyclopedia of Biblical Words. I'm going full nerd on you guys here this morning. The Encyclopedia of Biblical Words. Okay? It literally defines grace as this. Grace is a dynamic force that does more than affect our standing with God by crediting us with righteousness. Grace affects our experience as well. Grace is always marked by God's enabling work within us to overcome our own helplessness. Grace is more than just a rescue mission. Grace affects how we walk. Grace affects our everyday life. 
Now, when we look at these definitions, when we sum up those definitions, I can confidently say that there is more to God's grace than necessarily meets the eye. There is an element of God's grace that includes his power, his strength, and his ability in and through how you walk, how, you're, how you live every single day. Now, this may be an elementary teaching to some, or this may be completely new to others. But I believe that the, more, the further and further we dive into this thing, the more important it is that we live this thing out, that we walk in the true grace of God. Okay? Because if we live this thing out, we're going to live up to our fullest potential. Each and every single one of us has amazing potential. And we need to tap into the grace of God in order to reach that. You know, I'm a big hockey and football fan. Okay? And, and, and so I'll use a little hockey example here. Each player, in order to get into the NHL, they have to be drafted by a team. Okay? They're selected or drafted by a club, and they become a professional. Okay? They're 16, 17, 18 years old. Okay? They're really young. Each and every one of those players has not reached their full ability yet. Okay? But they are drafted based on their potential, based on how, how great they can be. Each and every one of those players has the potential to be a, a Sidney Crosby or, or a Connor McDavid or an, or an Austin... Uh, nah. Nah. I, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so... Each, each player has the potential to be like a Sidney Crosby. But each player also has that same potential to be someone who stays on the bench all day, a fourth-line player that hardly sees the ice. Now, in order to reach their fullest potential, they receive training. They go to the weight room. They are coached. They study the playbook. They, they, they do um, like just physical training, that kind of thing, and mental training, too. There are many aspects which re get them to reach their fullest potential. God's grace is the same, right? There are many aspects to God's grace. But if we were to pull out, say, the coaching aspect of that player, they're never going to reach that Sidney Crosby level of, of the fullest of potential, right? It's the same with God's grace. If we don't tap into the power that is God's grace, we don't, miss, we don't make it to the full potential. Every single one of us has amazing potential in our life. And if we tap into the grace of God, we're going to reach that power or we're going to reach that fullness. Grace is God's power to fulfill your potential. People are going to see God's grace on your life. And unless we're living it out, no one's going to be able to see it. I can't stress the importance of this enough. Now, I don't mean, this is, I don't mean to sound harsh, but this is meant to be an encouraging word, and I hope you guys are empowered by it. But, you know what, I'm going to share some real-life examples in my life about how I've walked in the grace of God and how he's transformed my viewpoint. And, and you know, for me, it all started with one verse. One verse completely changed my life, radically changed my life as to how I understood the grace of God. And it's found in Romans 5.17. And I think it's one of the most encouraging verses in the Bible. It says, all who, are, all who receive God's abundant grace are freely put right with him and will rule in life through Christ. All who receive God's abundant grace. Now, we can see by this verse that grace is multi-purposed. Right? Look at the first part of that verse. It says, that we are freely put right with him. Well, that's where we kind of get the general understanding of the forgiveness of sins, right? We are freely put right with him. We were made righteous because in God's eyes we have been forgiven of sins, correct? But can that same forgiveness of sins cause us to rule in life? I don't think it can. That's, I believe, where we see the first um, impartation of God's power. Okay, it is God's power and ability that will cause us to rule in life through Christ. Now, when I first read that verse, I was like, yeah, I'm going to rule in life when I get to the, to the next life, when I get to heaven. 
Yeah, I'm totally going to rule in that life. That's awesome. That's not what it's talking about. That's talking about you're going to rule in June 4th, 2017. You're going to rule today. And you're going to rule tomorrow. You're going to rule the very next day. You guys, this ain't blasphemy. This is the word of God. This is today. This is every single day of our life that we can rule in life. We can conquer in life. Okay? This is talking about complete freedom from condemnation, freedom from sickness, freedom from sin, freedom from death itself. It's talking about, you know, another translation of that verse says that we can reign in life. That we can reign in life. Do you know what that means? That word reign means supreme dominance and influence. Wow. Supreme dominance and influence in our life in this day, today. It's talking about let's rock and roll and let's kick the devil right in the butt every single day of our life. That's what that means. Just as we believe that we've had our sins forgiven. Who here believes that their sins have been forgiven by God's grace? Awesome. How many people feel like they're ruling in life today? I don't see many hands going up. It's that very same grace. It's in the same sentence. That the same grace that forgives our sins is the same grace that causes us to rule in life. Why are we letting life go by us without ruling in it? It is ours to conquer. Again, this isn't blasphemy. This is the word of God. I feel like a lot of us aren't living this way. We're missing out on something. And again, I, I don't mean to sound mean in any way. This is an encouraging word to, get, to, to see the potential on everybody's life. And I'm going to get into, in, into some examples of how we can tap into the power of God. But I'm going to get into a little more teaching. And If you want to get a good definition of something, who else but to get it from God, right? God's going to give us a great definition in the Bible. Let's hit some verses and see what we can find here. Okay, let's look at what God said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. It says, My grace is all you need, for my power is greatest when you are weak. Now, I'm not an English major, nor do I pretend to be, but because there is a comma for there, my grace is all you need, comma, for my power is greatest. Because there is that comma four in there, it means that there's a direct correlation between the words, my grace and my power. Those two words almost have the same meaning in this verse. In fact, you can almost make them interchangeable. God's defining the fact that, guys, there is power in my grace. There is power in my grace. Let's look at the next, next verse. One of the very first times we see this word charis, or this word grace, is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 40. This is talking about Jesus. It says, and the child... This is talking about Jesus. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. If we were simply to define grace as the forgiveness of sins, then that would imply that Jesus walked in sin. We simply know that that's not true. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Jesus wasn't a sinner. So then how can grace be limited to the forgiveness of sins? I can conduct from this sentence that Grace includes God's power, his ability in and through us. Amen? Let me give you another example. Barnabas, Acts 11.23, he arrives in the city of Antioch, and he saw the evidence of God's grace, and he was glad. He didn't hear about God's grace. He didn't feel it. He saw the evidence of it through the people in Antioch. He saw God's grace on people's lives. He saw lives changed. He saw hearts transformed. He saw people living above their ability because of the power of God on them. See, in the book of Acts, this word charis is used a multitude of times, and most frequently it's referred to as a power that is freely flowing through us Christians. 
It's given to the apostles so that they can have success in their mission. And it's given to the believers to build them up so they can have that power. See, Paul's in a, a great example of the grace of God. 25 times he uses the phrase grace of God. And each time he's describing um, not an attribute of God, but actually an activity of God. That's how he references it. It's an activity of God. Okay? In Paul's eyes, grace was 100% necessary because of his total inability and weakness in his own strength. So inescapable is Paul's sense of grace that he actually begins and ends every single one of his letters in the New Testament by stating the grace of God. Every single one of his letters. He starts it and he finishes it with the grace of God. Wow. Do you think maybe because he had such an understanding of the grace of God that that's why he's the one who would speak to generations to come about the grace of God by writing almost the entire New Testament? I don't know. Grace was something that was with Paul. Grace was something that was with him. It produced great works. It produced humility. It produced godliness. It sustained him through the trials that he went through. Skip to the next book, Book of Romans. Paul talks about this grace of God using language. He speaks of it as talking about like human responsibility. Okay, in Romans uh, 15, verse 16, he says, the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. The grace God gave me to be, or not to be, to be, not to be, to be, again, that's a verb. I'm not an English major. That's a verb, right? That's an action word. That's a state of being. Paul was given the grace of God so that he could be a, what is the grace of God on, you, on your life bringing you to be? Where is the grace of God taking you to be today? Grace is a power with which we perform our gifted tasks. Paul was given grace to become a minister of Christ. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. We're going to sit on this verse for a couple minutes here. It says, and I'm going to go from the Amplified because it's so good here. And God is able to make all grace come in abundance to you so that you may always under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. Being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Why does God make all grace in abundance to you? One, so that you'll have everything you need. Two, so that you'll have an abundance in every good work. And three, so you'll be sufficient. So you'll be sufficient. What does that word mean? Sufficient. We're going to dive real deep into this stuff. We're bunny trailing here. Sufficient. You know what that word means in the old Greek? The original definition of sufficient means that we will be perfect in every condition of life, which no aid or support is needed. We are set up perfectly for that which you've been sent forth to do. Wow. God is making you sufficient. So you'll be perfect in everything that you do. Without any help, without any aid, God's grace is enough. Remember Romans 5, 17? We have God's grace so that we can what? Rule in life. God's making you sufficient. It's a free gift. We have access to this free gift. Now, I want to look at the last part of that verse. It says that we will abound in every good work. Now, when I first read that, I thought that was ministry related. You know, I thought he's going to give us the grace so that we can rock in evangelism or that we can be awesome youth leaders, or we can do whatever. Like we, we, can, we can preach well, we can teach well, that kind of thing. I was totally wrong. That's not what that word work means. You know what that word work means? Check this out. This is the actual definition, again, from the Bible. The Greek word for work is this. Your business or employment, 
any product, whatever, anything that is accomplished by hand, art, industry, or your mind. It is an act, a deed, or a thing done. Every single thing that you put your hand on, the grace of God is there. Every single thing, the grace of God is there for. Not just your work. Come on, this is talking about your mind. This is talking about your knowledge, your hobbies, everything. It is not limited. Stop limiting God's grace, the forgiveness of sins. There is so much more. There is so much power in this. God is making you sufficient. What does that mean? That we are set up perfectly for that which you've been sent forth to do. What have you been sent forth to do? You've been sent forth to do, to step beyond the norm, right? To have an abundance in every good work and every single thing that you put your hand on. Now, can I plug what we just learned here into this verse again? We're going to plug our definitions into this verse. This is, this is uh, that verse, whatever it is, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the Scott version. Okay, you guys okay with that? Actually, this isn't even the Scott version. This is literally just defining the Bible. This is just rewording the Bible to the definitions. Okay, so it says this. God is able to make all power available to the point of overflowing in you so that you can always be in the perfect condition of life in your job, in your creativity, in your wisdom, in your knowledge, or in anything that you put your hands on. My goodness, can I get an amen? amen. Wow, that is so good. Can I be honest with you guys? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll lie to you if you really want me to. Um, I'm kidding, totally kidding. We don't tap into this enough. Can I be totally honest? We don't tap into this enough, you guys. We are not ruling in life as we've been called to do. Our lives should cause others to see Christ within us. With this power, we can live the life of more. Our lives should reflect the more of God. We should have an abundance in everything, in our relationships, in our health, in our finances, in every single aspect of, of our life. In the last couple of months, I've started to come into an understanding of the power of God's grace. Okay? I know that I don't have to walk a life of inability. I can walk a life of full ability. I've been called more than a conqueror. I'm coming into an understanding of the fact that I can rule in life. Okay, when I was 16, I, I broke my leg uh, right along the growth plate. And it stunted the growth of my left leg by a quarter inch. Okay, my, my left leg has always been off. My pelvis has been shifted, my back's all messed up, my neck's all messed up. Okay? Once I started understanding the grace of God and understanding that, man, I can rule in life. I can't let this back pain, this neck pain, this whatever stuff rule my life. So I said, God, I'm claiming the grace of God in, on my life. I'm claiming your grace, your power by faith to heal this leg and extend this leg. Instantly, God transformed my left leg and grew it a quarter inch. I went to a doctor that afternoon, totally confirmed it. God literally grew my leg. Are you just kidding me? It's amazing. This, this has nothing to do with me. I'm not talking about me, but the faith that gives us access to this grace activates the power of God. Okay, the kingdom of God is here now. The kingdom of God isn't for when we get to heaven. The kingdom of God is here on earth with us if we tap into it. Okay, and I was tired of, of, of talking about the grace of God and the grace power of God and not living it out. I was like a poor salesman. I was like going up to somebody's house trying to sell them a vacuum cleaner and be like, if you buy this vacuum cleaner, it's the most powerful vacuum in the world. It'll suck all the dirt out of the house. It'll suck the freckles right off your face. It's the most powerful vacuum in the world but I'm not going to show you how it works. You've got to believe me that, 
that this is the most powerful vacuum you'll ever see. Here we go, you test it out yourself. But I'm not going to show you how it works. Man, I'm cheating them. If that's how I walk my Christianity, I'm cheating them. By not walking in the grace power of God, my grace power of God should show them who God is. They should show them how powerful that vacuum is. I'm not talking about it anymore. I'm living this thing out. Look at the whole book of Acts. People walked in grace. People walked in the power of God and it transformed their lives radically. That's what caused other people to see Christ within them. Not by talking about it, but by living it out, by seeing the grace on their life. Now, are we an example of Christ if we just blend in with society? If we're sitting in the lunchroom at work and we're gossiping about this person, that person, or complaining about the boss or that person, or we're just sitting there playing on our phones the whole time. Are we living out an abundant life when we, when we do those things, when we, when we blend in with society? We as Christians should be setting the tone for the rest of the world. Amen. Yes, good word. Okay. We have something within us that other people don't have. We as Christians have something that non-Christians don't have. Right? We have a covenant with God. Hallelujah. That covenant with God brings God's grace to our life. You guys following me? We have the grace of God on our life because we're in covenant with God as Christians. We're at work, our coworkers, our students, whatever. Probably 90% of them don't have covenant with God. The majority, it's terrifying. But the majority of people don't have covenant with God. If we have covenant with God and we have the grace of God, we should walk in abundance. We should be 100 times more creative than them. We should be 100 times more innovative than them. We should be 100 times more wise than they are. I'm not saying this to knock them. I pray first and foremost that they would understand the grace of God and receive it. But because we have this grace, we can live a life where we rule in life. Are you guys with me? I feel like I'm losing some of you. Come on now. This is a good word. By our actions, people will see God's grace. People may tear my words apart, but they can't deny the actions of God's grace within me. Doesn't matter what field you're working in, you don't have to be in the ministry. Come on, I work in the medical field as a paramedic. Last year, about this time, I was working as a first response, okay? I was by myself, and I responded to an apartment building. There's a guy in his 50s with leg pain, perfectly healthy guy, but he had leg pain, okay? While I was there, I felt the Spirit of God tell me through the wisdom that he gave me because of his grace on my life to do a test on this guy. It's called a 12 lead. It takes a picture of their heart. Why would I check out somebody's heart when they have leg pain? Okay, God, I'm in. This guy was having a massive heart attack. He had leg pain. Why was he having a heart attack? The Spirit of God told me through the wisdom that the grace of God that's on my life to do this. The two paramedics showed up. Why'd you do a 12 lead? That's why. He's having a big old heart attack. They said, never in a million years would I have done that test. There is no reason to do that test other than the fact that the Spirit of God spoke to me because of the wisdom that is on my life through His grace, that I can be more than a conqueror, that I can be over and above in every aspect of my life, including my work, right? We should be an example in every aspect of our life. By our actions, people will see God. And last weekend, uh, I did a call at an OPP detachment. I was working nights, and it was like 2 or 3 in the morning, and there was a guy in cells that we were going to pick up. And so we show up at this detachment, and the garage door is open. And so we walk in, and I hit the button. They go in through this door. And uh, <laughs> as soon as I walk in, there are two cops literally sprinting directly at me. 
You want to talk about peeing your pants. You got two <laughs> cops sprinting full, full force right at you, beating the sweat. Eyes this wide, right? My goodness. I think Kyle knows where I'm going with this. They're staring at me. They're like, what happened? What happened? Did you hit the button? What button? You mean the, the button to get in? The, the big red button? Yeah, that's a panic alarm. Yeah, don't hit that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> When we walk in the grace of God, it's going to send alarm bells in everybody else when I enter the room because the grace of God's on my life. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> we should set an example by the life that we live under the grace of God. Amen. You know that word charis? I was telling you, grace is translated as charis. It's the same place we get the word charismatic from. Charis, same place we get charismatic from. You know what that means? It means exercising a compelling charm that inspires devotion in others. People are going to see God's grace on your life. After hours and hours of studying the grace of God, it comes down to this. Grace is God's free empowerment that gives us the ability to go beyond our own natural ability. We are capable of doing so much more than we do in the natural. Yet we often ignore or limit the grace of God simply to the forgiveness of sins. You guys, grace is so much more. Grace is his empowerment, his strength, his ability in and through us. This grace can lift us up out of the status quo. It can lift us out of this place of working nine to five, come home, watch some TV for a bit, make a paycheck, one day retire, then eventually die and go to heaven. Oh, how boring. We as Christians were not meant to live. Our mission was not to get to heaven. That's not why we're on this earth. We're on this earth to crush hell every single day of this world. That's our, that's our mandate. Others can see the grace of God on our life. We are created for so much more. Remember Romans 5.17? We are going to reign in life. We are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. We are more than conquerors. We should be leaders in every aspect of our walk with the grace of God. This is not just for ministry, guys. This is for the factory worker. This is for the student. This is for the stay-at-home mom. I don't care if you're 15, 55, or 105. This is for you. This grace of God is for you. If you're a teacher, then by the grace of God, he should supply, the, through that free gift of his grace, he should supply wisdom in order to create new lesson plans that you never even thought of were possible. You should be so innovative that all your, all your students should be the smartest. I'm back in. That all the students in your class should be the smartest kids in the whole school. Okay? If you're in the medical field, you should be able to diagnose illnesses like that because of the grace of God that's on your life. You should be implant so much wisdom in your life that you could even create cures for all these different things through the miracles of the grace of God. If you're a mechanic, you should be able to diagnose what's wrong with a car and be the most efficient person in the, in the, whole, the whole place. Okay? We should be the most innovative people in this world. And they should be able to look at us and say, how is it that you're so innovative? How is it that you're so creative? And you can respond in confidence and say, it is by the grace of God. Amen? The best part about this grace, we can never get enough of it. John 1.16 says, For out of his fullness or abundance, we have all received, we have all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon, grace, uh, heaped upon gift. Notice how grace is in its own category there, the power of God. It's talking about the richest abundance, 
The overflow of God's grace. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. It never ends. There's never an end to this grace. We are changed into divine image from glory to glory to the next stage of glory to glory to glory. Of his fullness we have received. This word of grace causes us to go to perfection. Do you guys see this? The terrors are the power of Jesus Christ in each and every one of us. Why? Romans 5.17. Come on, I'm going to beat this to death. Romans 5.17 says, All who received his abundant grace will do what? Wow, come on now, say it like you mean it. Say it like you believe it. All God's grace that's in you, his abundant grace is in you, so that you'll do what? Oh my goodness, you guys are terrible. We need some Wheaties or something. You guys don't believe you can rule in life. Come on, the forgiveness of sins that caused God's grace to, to come into your life, it's the same grace that caused you to rule in life. This is the same thing. The same power that's within us. We can live as Jesus lived. We can live in the, in the creativity that Jesus had, the wisdom that Jesus had, the integrity that Jesus had, the miracles that Jesus walked in, all because of his grace. That's the same grace that's in us. And this, it affects our everyday life too. That's the best part, you guys. It's not just our work. It's our everyday life. I play hockey once a week. I've always played goalie since I was a kid. So I was this tall. I played goalie every single day I played hockey. Okay, there was this one day a couple months ago where they didn't need a goalie. So they said, hey, you want to play forward? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, and this is when I was in the middle of studying this grace of God and understanding what this grace means. And I said, okay, God, you said I can rule in life. You said I'll be abundant in everything that I put my hands on because of the grace that's on my life. So, so I'm going to test this thing out. God, I claim your grace over this hockey game. God, do you care about even the little things? You know what happened? I scored, in, in 90 minutes of playing, I scored seven goals, got 10 assists. Two times as many as anybody else did. I was playing with junior A hockey players. I've never played out a day in my life. Come on, you guys, this is God's grace. Are you kidding me? I had people asking me how I did it. What? The, the grace of God, you guys. Come on, this is, this is how we reach out to the, to the lost. This is how we save the broken. Come on, you guys, it's the grace of God that's on our life. It's our everyday life. Imagine I went up to one of, Sophie, you play hockey. Morgan, you play hockey. Imagine I went up to you and said, come on, we have the scientific ability. We have the means to make you like Sidney Crosby. What are you going to say? Her, 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 uh, actually meant yes. That was actually yes. What do you remember? <laughs> come on now. You can be like Sidney Crosby. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I want that. The grace of God hasn't given you the ability of Sidney Crosby. The grace of God has given you the ability of Jesus Christ. Come on, that's yeah. Sidney Crosby too small. <laughs> that is talking about power. That's the fullness of ability. That's the fullness of power right there in Jesus Christ. 1 John 4.17 says, As Christ is, so are we in this world. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. This is not a word for when we get to heaven. This is a word from heaven to you today on earth. The kingdom of God is here and now. Let's walk this thing out. So many people think that we're stuck here as sinners and then we just have to go day by day until we eventually get transformed into his glory eventually. We're transformed today. Our lives are transformed today. This grace of God is so awesome, it literally comes with a warning. You know all the best toys growing up have warnings that are this long? Like all the good stuff has warnings, right? You buy a case of fireworks, <laughs> right? All the best stuff comes with warning. 
We get a warning in the Bible about how awesome this grace is. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1 says, We beg you who have received God's grace not to let it be wasted. We beg you, don't waste this grace. Come on, there's a high price paid for this grace. The death of Jesus paid for this grace. The death for you paid for this grace. Guys, don't waste it. Man, the Holy Spirit's crying out, don't let this grace be wasted. Don't miss out. What are you going to do with the grace of God that's on your life? Come on. Have you been feeling helpless? Feeling like there's got to be more? Come on, this Christian walk, there's got to be more. There's got to be more to this. There is. There's the fullness of God's grace. The fullness of God's grace. You can be transformed by God's grace. Now you might be wondering, why have I never heard this before? Or why don't I hear this preached from pulpits and churches? Can I remind you what the devil is out to do? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what he did in the Garden of Eden? He twisted the Word of God. He twisted the Word of God. So they they wouldn't understand the fullness of the potential of the Word of God. You know how terrified the devil is of this kind of teaching? (laughs) You imagine if we can walk in the fullness of the power of Jesus Christ himself in every aspect of our life. Come on, every aspect of our life. Could you imagine what it would look like in our lives, not just as individuals, but corporately as a church? You guys, we could transform this city like that by the grace of God. There's crazy powerful potential on each and every single one of you. And the grace of God is going to take you to that fullest of potential. Okay, this, this morning, this is not just another nice teaching. Guys, this is a mandate from heaven itself. This is a model for true, genuine life change. Whatever area of life you're in, we should manifest the extraordinary. Because God showed us how. Through his grace. Our communities as Christians should be more delightful, more prosperous than others. The music that we create should be fresh and original, outshining that of the secular world. Come on, we've created thousands upon thousands of songs for just one name. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. It should outshine that of the secular world, you guys. There's such a high, man, I just feel, let's just go for this, you guys. The potential is amazing if we tap into the grace of God. See, the bottom line is this. That when the extraordinary, grace-filled children are involved, there should be an abundance of creativity, of integrity, of innovation, of wisdom, sensitivity, and power. All that is found in heaven should manifest here on earth. The kingdom of God is here and now. The grace of God is in each and every one of you. There is no end to this grace. No end. I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to empower some people. If you've been feeling weak, you've been feeling run down, you've been feeling like, man, what's the point of grace? What am I doing? Come on, God's grace is taking you further. God's grace wants to take you further. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.
www.thepeopleshow.com. 